0: listening to the Thornapple Valley Church podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tvcweb.com. Hey, one more time on all of our campuses, also online. Can we give it up for the band at all of our campuses? Aren't they doing a great job? (laughs) You know, this morning, since this is our Christmas concert, I've been thinking a lot lately about Christmas music. And the thought, the question hit me, and so I want to do an online poll or a live poll. Also, those of you online can participate as well. How many of you would say the best time to start listening to Christmas music and start decorating your house is before Thanksgiving. We got any before Thanksgiving people? Okay. Now for all the real Christians in the room. (laughs) Totally joking, totally joking, totally joking online. How many of you say after Thanksgiving is when you start listening to Christmas music and put up your Christmas tree? You know, I happen to be a after Thanksgiving type of person. And when it comes to Christmas music, you know, there are different types of Christmas music. And they do different things to us. A lot of it is uplifting. Some of it is relaxing. But honestly, some of it can be annoying, if you know what I'm talking about. Some of it can really mess with us. And part of the reason why I found that it can mess with us is because some of it feels disconnected to reality. Like I was thinking about that song, it's starting to feel a lot like Christmas, And I think that song is about decoration. I think that song is about getting into the Christmas mood. But I think for some of us, online, at Delton, at Middleville, here at the Hastings campus, if you were to think about your own Christmas song right now, you would say, it's starting to feel a lot like crisis. Starting to feel a lot like crisis in my business in my bank account, in my relationships, in my family, in my workplace. And so you don't know what to do with the crisis that you feel when everybody's happy and they're singing, but yet on the inside you feel like life is falling apart. You know, throughout this last few months, we've been looking at just pretty much one passage in Scripture where God is going to make this promise in Matthew chapter 1. In Matthew chapter 1, God says this in verse 22 and 23. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, for most of us, we find it easy to believe that God is with us when opportunities are flowing our direction, when money is coming our way, and people are on our side. But it's a very different thing to believe that God is with you when you feel like you're in the midst of crisis after crisis after crisis and for some of us right now we're thinking when is this going to let up when is the pain is going to go away i want to have a merry christmas but right now i feel just buried beneath debt sadness disappointment loneliness and so the point of the matter is what we've been learning is that god's with us on the mountaintop last week jeff talked about god being with us in the valley And just for a few minutes, I want to talk to you about God being with you in the storm. But here's the difference between the valley and the storm. Valleys are short-term. And and valleys, you see the the difference. You, You see that this is going to expire. I can see myself getting through this valley. Like a valley, for those of you who are new parents, it's the day, it's the time in between you bring that baby home from the hospital and they sleep through the night. Can I get an amen up in here? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That's a valley. And and the valley is overwhelming, but you know that there's going to be a change. But here's the difference between the valley and the storm is storms are spontaneous. See, if you knew you were heading into a storm in your business, in your marriage, you would have prepared for it. But it's unexpected, it's unforeseen, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in the midst of a storm, and even though it's unexpected, it tends to leave A lot of damage. You know, there's a story in Acts chapter 27 of a guy named Paul. Paul is in an interesting spot in his life where he's been incredibly successful as a leader, as a person who proclaims the good news of God, but yet he finds himself in the midst of this storm. While he's on holiday, while he's visiting Jerusalem, he gets falsely accused, which leads to him being wrongly in prison. For four years, he's in prison. Well, he appeals his prison sentence to Caesar. So this would be like him going to the Supreme Court. So now is his opportunity. Now is his breakthrough. And here's what's going to happen in Acts chapter 27. Let me just read verse 13 through 15. It says, When a gentle wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed the anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm. They could not head into the wind, so we gave way and we were driven along. I don't know if any of you can relate to this, where you see an opportunity and you start to seize that opportunity in your business. You saw an opportunity to buy the building, to expand the product line, or maybe some of you were single you're sitting at home lonely one night and you get a dm from a dating app and, and you respond to it it's an opportunity maybe this is going to be mr right or mrs right and what ends up looking like an opportunity turns into a disaster what you thought was just going to be a interesting and fun blind date ends up into a storm of a stalker you know i can remember when i was in Southern California, me and my wife were in this kind of stage of rebuilding. I, I was working towards this theological degree, so we had young kids at the time. And so I'll never forget, I was. we were a little short on money, and, and a guy came up to me and said, hey, do you want to make some easy money? Which now, after 40 plus years, I've learned that there's no such thing as easy money. <laughs> Anytime somebody says that to you, what they're probably about to say is they're about to ask you to sell your kidney on the black market or get involved with some cartel from overseas but anyway here's the deal so i said yeah say yeah man you just change a few tires with me at night man it's easy money you'll make thousands of dollars and so the money wasn't easy and then i didn't make a whole lot of it but i was desperate and not very discerning and i'll never forget the day that i i found myself in a situation where i thought okay i can't do this anymore So I let this guy know that I didn't want to work with him anymore, and this guy sent me some of the meanest texts that I've ever read in my life. So after I sent him a few mean texts of my own, anyway, um, sorry, I'm not perfect, I found myself like, wow, why did I end up in this storm? Here's what we're going to notice for Paul is while they're in the midst of this storm, what's going to happen is God's angel is going to come and Paul's going to say, the angel of the Lord stood by me and gave me courage. And the reason that that angel gave him courage is because the angel wasn't worried about the storm because the angel was from another world. And what I found about God's presence, no matter if he does it through an angel or he does it by his spirit, is he gives us courage from another world. So let me just give you three thoughts about God's presence in the storm. Number one, God's presence comes to stand with you in the midst of a storm. When you're going through pain and heartache and we're falling down, what God's presence will do is He will stand with us. But then here's the second thing I've learned about God's presence in the storm is that God's presence will give strength to us. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, Paul talks about being deserted, feeling totally alone. He said, nobody came to my defense, but the Lord stood by me and gave strength to me. Here's what I know. There are those of you online. There are those of you here at the Hastings campus in Delton and Middleville. And you might not be a Christ follower yet. You might not even believe all of this. But here's something you have a hard time denying. Is that there are some Christ followers who in the midst of pain, I'm talking about cancer, difficulty, COVID, loneliness, pain, they find the ability to keep on walking, and even though God doesn't take the storm away, he gives them strength in the middle of a storm. But here's the last thing that I've found about God's presence in the storm, is that God's presence makes peace optional. I I wish I could tell you that he makes peace automatic, but he makes peace optional. There's a famous story in Mark chapter 4 of Jesus in the middle of a storm. The disciples are worried and scared, and, and, and the water's coming in the boat, and Jesus is sleeping in the storm. And then in Mark chapter 4, verse 39, Jesus gets up, speaks to the wind, and says, quiet down. And he says immediately, everything became calm. Author Craig Groeschel says, why did they have peace on the boat? Because Jesus was in the boat. He goes on to say, the real reality of peace is that real peace is not found in the absence of a storm, but in the presence of Jesus. And that's why here at TVC, in a moment we're going to receive our Christmas offering, which is a special offering. It's not the offering that goes to the regular operations of our church. It's going directly towards outreach. See, we feel like we're called to be the kind of church that steps into the middle of people's storms, meets them there, and speak Jesus' message of hope and peace. You know, in John three sixteen, some of the most famous words in Scripture, John is going to summarize the Christmas story like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. So here's what I want you to notice is that God gave his best gift to solve the world's biggest problem. He gave of himself. And then John will continue in John 3, 17. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through him that the world might be saved. See, if you came to church today, no matter where you're at, and you feel condemned, you need to know that that's not from God. God doesn't want to condemn you. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you peace. A relationship with him. Which is why John will also say this in 1 John chapter 3, 16. He says, this is how we know what love is. That we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. In the same way Jesus laid down his life. And then in verse 17 he says, if anyone sees his brother and sister in need. And they have material possession. They have no pity. How can that person say that the love of God is within them? So here's what you're going to see here in a moment. For those of us who consider this our church home, now if you're just a guest and you're visiting, don't feel any pressure to give. This is really for those of us who have really been thinking about this, planning for this. Many of us have been thinking about how can we be the kind of church that brings peace to people's storm. So for a lot of people, they brought this envelope, and and there's envelopes in the chairs in front of you. And they're going to try to do the same thing. We're going to try to do the same thing. Give our best gift to bring hope to people who are in need. You know, what we're going to do with this Christmas offering is going to go towards our vision. of We're calling it Love Our Communities and Impact the World. As we were talking as a team, we thought, what can we do to make a difference, to love our communities and impact the world? And so part of what this offering is going to go to is paying off all the school lunch debt in Delton, Hastings, and Middleville. Yep, you can clap for that if you want. It's also going to go to helping every student in our community go to the winter retreat if they want to at an affordable price. With all the inflation and and the mental health issues, we want to be a church that loves families. We're also going to pack over 10,000 meals for Haiti. And we're going to do something about the Ukraine crisis. We're going to partner with people around the world. So here's what I'm going to do. Yeah, you can clap for that if you want to too. So here's what I'm going to do. At this time, I'm going to call our ushers forward, and I'm going to pray, and then we're going to give our best gift to do the same thing that Jesus did, same thing that God the Father did, to try to solve some of the problems in the world. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll receive our Christmas offering. God, I thank you that you have been good to us. And out of your love you gave, so out of our love for you and our love for our community and our love to try to make an impact with the world, we're going to give our best gift in Jesus' name. Amen Thank you for listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. If you found this message encouraging, we invite you to share it. For more information, visit TBCweb.com.